views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants and no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. It's time for the John DePietro Show here on News Talk WNRI 1380 AM and 99.9 and 95.1 FM. He's a special kind of sentinel. Mr. DePietro, who is in the eye of the storm. Suddenly, John DePietro became the story. Radio talk show host John DePietro. All right, here we go, folks. Welcome to lunchtime. Good afternoon, one and all. Here I am. It's Juan, this portion of the John DePietro Show is proudly brought to you by MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailage, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brake stores. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. It's MEGA, M-E-G-A. Call them, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. Folks, you can email me. It's John at petro.com John at petro.com Well, I want to say good afternoon, everyone on Facebook Live. Hello there, Wendy. Hi there, Sandra. Well, folks, what a week. He stood up yesterday and said, enough is enough. And, boy, what a quote and shot heard around the world. And that is House Minority Leader. They also had a big show of force yesterday with their press conference. But his quote, elected leaders must follow the law. It is refreshing. There is someone... Uh, take that. He filed suit against the speaker, and he won this round resounding. And I'm talking about, and he joins us now. I want to say uh, good, good afternoon. What a tremendous job. House Minority Leader Blake Filippi. Good afternoon, Rep Filippi. Hey, good afternoon, John. And it wasn't just me. Uh, you know, our whole caucus was behind this, and, and they did a heck of a job, too. I understand that, but you are the leader. You led the charge. Um, the events yesterday of uh, leading to go to court. I, I don't want to rehash through the whole thing, but where, where does that stand? Because I'm glad to hear that it sounds like even though the speaker now feels like, oh, sorry about that, I'll just withdraw the audit, um, it sounds like you're still going to go ahead with this suit. Oh, yeah, the lawsuit is, the audit was just, you know, the, the latest example of the speaker and Frank Montanaro unlawfully usurping the authority of the Joint Committee on Legislative Services. The, the authority and duty of the Joint Committee on Legislative Services to manage our almost $50 million budget. So the underlying main issue is that, and the emergency was the pending audit. But now that that audit's going away, our, our case isn't moot. We're plowing forward with the, uh, the underlying claims that you know, the, speaker, uh, the Speaker's office has been unlawfully exercising control of uh, the JCLS responsibilities. You know, Rep. Filippi, uh, the speaker's talking points are, you know, I didn't know it was a big deal, and I thought he was on board with me, and so therefore, uh, I heard, this is his talking point now, I heard there was some financial improprieties, so two days before Christmas, I we filed for the audit, but boy, if it's a big deal, I guess I'll just withdraw it. But here's my question, if he was told that there was something financially wrong and he felt so strongly about it that he felt the need to say let's you know start the begin an audit why would he withdraw it if he received information he says that was credible to initiate the audit to begin with i agree completely i agree completely you just the, the choice isn't oh we do this unlawful audit or no i, I don't want jcls to get involved so we're going to undo it i mean his responsibility is to call a meeting of jcls explain to us this information and then the five members of jcls 
make a determination as to whether we should do the audit or not. I mean, that's the proper procedure. And another question that I have for the speaker, and I think we both know the answer to this, is it's hard to ignore. And he's even acknowledged that he had some communication with someone within the convention center uh, authority. But it's hard to ignore that his good friend, who's a security guy there, uh, head of security, as a matter of fact, was in some kind of personnel trouble there. The speaker was being made aware of it. The speaker leveled a threat. They ignored it. They took action against him. And then for retribution, the speaker orders the audit. Representative Filippi, the question that I would have for Speaker Mattiello, and I think we both know the answer is, if his friend was not suspended from the convention center authority, would he still have ordered the audit? And I think those are questions that we would ask during a meeting of JCLS. You know, if this was two weeks ago before all this information came out, I would just rubber stamp the audit because, you know, we've been asking for it for a long time. Sure. But I'm, I'm concerned about why this change of heart. You know, the speaker has denied our request for five years to have an audit. We've been demanding it for a long time. And then he immediately about space and says, yeah, it's a great idea. I want to do it. Um, that, that just doesn't square. And so in a meeting, I would like to ask these questions. And now, and I understand the speaker not revealing who told him what publicly. We have, we have whistleblower laws in the state where people have a right to go to General Assembly members and expose wrongdoing in government agencies. I don't want to undermine that. But we could have a private meeting of JCLS where all this information is disclosed and we can make the reasoned judgment as to whether or not to authorize this audit. The problem we have now is that the illegal audit has tainted any subsequent audit we may do. Yes. Because the Auditor General, in order to legitimize the prior illegal actions, uh, the illegal audit, would potentially, and I think the Convention Center would say, listen, it's a fait accompli. They have to find something. They have to find something to legitimize the prior legal actions. So I think the only way this can properly go forward with an audit is an independent forensic audit by an outside agency unconnected to the state. Because you have to remember the Auditor General works for JCLS. Now, here's something that, uh, and also, those are all valid points. And again, folks, good afternoon. We're speaking with House Minority Leader Blake Filippi. Um, Rep. Filippi, it's a little convoluted because you have, you know, what's called a quasi-agency. You do have a private company involved where they run both the Dunk and the Convention Center. The, the amount of employees, actually, that are involved with the state, I mean, I, I would agree that there's... The, and I've heard, I mean, just the amount of some of the, you know, the union costs, whether it be at the dunk of the convention center, all those things would be legitimate. But Speaker Mattiello initially tried to say, well, you know, if you're doing a great job and you wouldn't mind an audit so you can demonstrate how good your books are. Now, first of all, it's my understanding on a regular basis, they do audit their books and go through things. But that, if for him to try to, let's, you and I both agree. If someone gets notified by the IRS for their personnel, person or business, that they're going to be audited, no one says, you know, I'm glad to hear that because, because this is going to be a chance for me to demonstrate what a great job I've done in filling out my tax forms. We all know the whole routine of they have to find something. You know, I don't know if you do. I know people, their lives were turned upside down when their businesses were audited or a personal audit. This, there's nothing good about it. That talking point of, you know, they should want to demonstrate. This is done as a form of retribution, and state government cannot work that way. 
And listen, it, aud- audits can be good, right? I think departments should be audited. It's public money, public information. The intent behind the audit, I think, is the issue that you're raising. Correct. Um, and you, you can't know, ignore it. And I think you, that can't be ignored. I mean, let's let's be honest. You're up at the state house, okay? This thing came down December 23rd, and the week prior was when he caught wind that things it, it can't be removed that he caught wind that his friend that he acknowledges Jim Demers his son even works for Matty Yellow he caught wind that he had really run into trouble at the convention center and was facing disciplinary action such as suspension possibly even termination it, you, you can't separate that he finds out about it he's acknowledged that he was having communication about it and then Two days before Christmas, out of nowhere, with no vote, not talking to you, not talking to anyone, suddenly they level an audit. I, I think it's impossible to remove the chain of events that certainly seem to kick things into gear. And you tell me, how busy was the State House on December 23rd and December 24th? It was dead. Of course it was. It was I mean, of course it was. So, but th- this is why the, the the smart legislators who crafted the, the Auditor General statute years ago put for these types of audits, you need a majority of JCLS. Other audits are regular state government departments. The Auditor General has the po- power, sua sponte, on his own to go in there and audit. But these types of audits of quasi-publics, of municipalities of entities receiving state funds, they were specific that we need a majority of JCLS to do this because they knew there was a risk of abuse. And that's why the statute is crafted the way it was, and that's why the Speaker's actions were unlawful, because he didn't get the majority of JCLS to approve of this intrusive audit. And I recognize uh, some people, and even members of the media, the whole business of GCLS and their budget. I think, Rep. Filippi, what people need to understand is this is a huge budget. And if I understand this correctly, I mean, the two people that basically control a $45 million budget is the speaker and the person that's truly in charge of it is his right-hand man. Basically, uh, I know he's not officially chief of staff, but without question, he is his right-hand man and Frank Montanaro. Those two control this budget of $45 million. Not anymore, John. (laughs) That's right. Well, prior to this, they were. Prior to this, they have. We're changing the way that building works. You know, the Speaker's legal position, and as it was stated on his interview with uh, Tim White and Ted Nisi on WPRI Newsmakers, was that I am the majority because I'm the chairman. That's right. Um, And I've represented public boards in the past. I, I was shocked. I've never heard that before. And this week, I went to the Speaker's office on two occasions and said, listen, Speaker, call a meeting of JCLS to authorize this audit. And his response was, I can call it, I'm the majority. And his legal interpretation was was so divergent from ours, was just something that we could not agree with, that we, we could never have agreement on the extent of the Speaker's powers over JCLS without court intervention. Our legal positions were just so... So, so different and so unreconcilable that we could we could never reach an accord. And that's why we sought court, uh, court intervention. And just so we are clear, I know you do want to change it, but just so people listening and taxpayers, basically, Speaker Mattiello and Frank Montanaro, they control this budget that runs the General Assembly, that runs everything, and it's to the tune of 
$45 million. Is that correct? Well, it is and it isn't. It's correct because the Minority Caucus has never stood up and demanded change. I understand. So the, so the way JCLS works is you have three House members on it and two Senate members. You have, on the House side, Speaker Mattiello, Leader Sicarci, and myself occupying the office of Minority Leader. On the Senate side, you have Senate President Ruggiero and Senate Minority Leader, Leader Algier. Me and the Minority Caucus, my position is we need to open this thing up. We need to have public meetings. And I think Senator Algier and, and Senate President Ruggiero agree. And so I think there's now three of the five who, are to, who, who want change. And so I, I think we're going to see change um, soon. I think that this business of the Speaker and Frank running this nearly $50 million budget yep. is, is over. Now, um, Rep. Filippi, would it be fair to say that the General Assembly's own budget, $45.6 million, would, would, would it be fair to say that if, if people really dove into it, that you would find some, a lot of waste there? I'm sure you would find waste. I'm yeah. sure you would find waste. I mean, I won't say you'd find uh, illegal conduct. I don't know. I haven't been in it. No, I'm not saying that, but, but just but, waste. But, but there's clearly waste. I see it every day. As far as the 45, almost 46, you said 50 million, just so people are listening understand, and I don't mean exact specifics, but just ballpark, how would you say that money is kind of divvied up as far as percentages of like, where does 20% of the money go or half of the money go or, or, or where exactly does that JCLS $46 million budget go? I don't have the numbers in front of me, John. No, I understand. Like, I, I don't. So, I mean, I, I think a substantial portion is salary. Yeah. A good, a good portion is maintaining the facility. You know, it's every you know, maintenance, utilities. The facility costs a lot of money to run. Understood. I won't deny that. Understood. I won't deny that at all. It's an old building. It's leaky. You know, it's hard to heat. It's hard to cool in the summer. Um, but there's a substantial portion of that building, uh, that budget spent on salaries. Hey, salaries. And when they hire someone, uh, that's where it would come from, this JCLS budget, where then they're adding staff or whatever it may be. Yes, correct. Yeah. Now, um, where do things stand now? First of all, I, and I apologize, I said on the air, my youngest, who you've met, had an event yesterday. I had to go to that. I would have been to your press conference. I thought that was so impressive how uh, everyone stood up along with you. Uh, you know, there's Chippendale and uh, Newberry and uh, everyone that came together like that. Um, what came out of the press briefing you held yesterday, which I thought was very, very wise, and it shouldn't be lost on people that you were willing to have a press availability and meet the, the media, and the speaker was not. And I think that's very, very telling. He was not. You were willing to stand up there, answer all the questions, Bobo will make some available. He was not willing to do that. Um, but what is it that came out of the, the press briefing yesterday that you were happy that the message is getting out on? Excellent. So yeah, you mentioned our caucus. It's it's myself, Representative Chippendale, Representative Newberry, Representative Place, Representative Lyle, Price, Quattrochi, Nardone, and Sherry Roberts. And so we, we stood united for the message we conveyed at that press conference is that we are going to keep going. We are going to get to the bottom of what happened with this illegal audit. You know, we said that the legal, the legal audit ended today, but the investigation of the illegal audit begins. And that is what we are going to use in our lawsuit to show this usurpation of JCLF's power, is that we feel this illegal audit is going to be Exhibit A. Um, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. We're going to only keep him for another more minute, but it's uh, House Minority Leader Blake Filippi. Rep. Uh, Filippi, I received your uh, information, and it was embargoed, and, and the media followed along with it. Um, 
I, I was wildly impressed. The media was impressed. This is the first time that anyone can remember, that I can remember, and I was speaking with the members of the media, that someone was truly willing to push back. But not only that, but were you surprised yesterday that the speaker in Frank Montanaro, Speaker Mattiello, basically backed down and withdrew the audit as opposed to being opposed to you in court yesterday at 2 o'clock? Um, I'm not surprised at all because the, the law is clear. You, know, you can dance around it as much as you want, but when you're in front of a judge and the statute is explicit and it's undeniable that this audit is unlawful, I mean, I, I mean he's, Speaker Mattiello is not a foolish man. He may be wrong about his interpretation of the law, but, I mean, any, any person can read that law and say, yup, three members of JCLS have to approve. So I, I think they knew what the outcome of court would have been, and I think they wisely withdrew the audit. What do you make of his allegations that when you were talking with him Tuesday and Wednesday, first you agreed to, then he says you backed off, then he said you got hostile and ballistic, and he's even now saying, well, Blake's just being political. Blake uh, lost his temper, and uh, he's just now being political about the whole thing. Hey, listen, there's a, a pretty big body of video evidence over the years of both the speaker and myself. Just YouTube it. I think your listeners can decide for themselves, you know, our, our respective temperaments. Um, I, there was no belligerence. Do the speaker and I sometimes communicate with passion? Yes. And that happened at both meetings we had on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, on Tuesday, I approached him and said, Speaker, call a meeting with JCLS. He refused. I said, what if you, what if you were to get you know, three members to sign a document authorizing this? I will not do that. I refuse. I'm the decider. He called me later that night and said, you know, Blake, it may be a good idea for three of us to sign a document. Will you? My response was, I can't say yes. I can't say no. I have to research the law to make sure this is legit. And I need to get my caucus on the same page. And, um, and then we all decided that we're not going to be um, an accessory after the fact to the speaker's legal audit. We're not signing on to anything. We need to have a public meeting and discuss the reasons for this audit and why the speaker changed his opinion from the past five years that an audit wasn't necessary. So no, there was no misrepresentations on my part. And I think it's interesting that sometimes when people were in the wrong, instead of taking responsibility for being in the wrong, they blame others. And I feel that's what the speaker is doing right now. Final question. Uh, Providence Journal, and I thought Kathy Gregg did a great job on the story, but asked about a report. State police were investigating allegations related to the now canceled audit. Uh, a colonel of the state police, Jim Manny, said state police do not confirm or deny uh, investigations. I, I've been told as a result of the posting I put on DePetro.com where a member of the convention center approached the speaker the week of December 16th to inform him. Just so you know, common courtesy, heads up, your guy Demers is in trouble over there. Speaker Mattiello said, if anything happens to Demers, I'm going to stick an, uh, an enema up there behind is the quote, and then boom, he leveled the audit after Demers was suspended. What is your reaction to state police that is basically investigating Speaker Mattiello Montanaro on, uh, it's basically a threat of extortion? So I don't know if those facts are true. If they are, I'd be very concerned. Yeah. And you, you agree, there, there's, there is certainly, I'm going to leave it at this, but there's a pattern that when people are dealing with state government, local government, it, it can't be used as an arm, a weapon, if they, if they don't get their way. And, you know, there's definitely a pattern emerging sometimes around us of 
people in positions of authorities that are then, boom, using it. Unless if you do X, then I'm going to do, you know, Y, that type of thing. Um, as I was saying earlier, Lita Flippy, what people need to understand is outsiders, you know, you're up at the state house all the time. You see business people coming in. You, people, the you know, business people, people that want to do business with the state, whoever it is, you, you can't have people operating in this fashion. It's bad for business. It's bad for the state. It's the wrong type of climate to have. We need to change the culture, and that's what we are doing right now with this lawsuit and the strong position we're taking standing up to an unaccountable system. Now, final question. You know I'm a fan. I, I commend you, support you 100%. Yesterday... Uh, whether you want to say it or not, that is not every day that you get Speaker Nick Mattiello to back down. I know you're saying the wise thing he is a wise thing. He is. He's very uh, calculating. But that was no small feat. It was the shot kind of, I was speaking with someone else in the media, kind of heard around the state. Everyone was seeing that I want to just commend you. That was a big day yesterday, and especially what I loved was how everybody came together, your staff, Sue Stenhouse, all the reps, everyone, united. Uh, yesterday was a tremendous day for the people at the Rhode Island State House. Agree completely. Agree completely. House Minority Leader Blake Flippy, Rep, great job. Congratulations. We'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. All right, folks, there it is. Blake Flippy right here on the John DePietro Show. I want to say good afternoon, Fred Schreiber. There's Dawn, Johnny Skeff. Now, folks, again, look at that Providence Journal, State Police investigating the canceled audit. This comes down to, and by the way, Liz Harrington of the Republican Party is going to join me um, coming up at uh, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. I'm looking up at the television right now. President Trump, how great is this? Good afternoon to everybody. There's Anne-Marie Sullivan. Let's have some thumbs up on uh, Facebook Live if you're enjoying uh, the Facebook Live. Phone lines are open, 766-1380, 766-1380. The president of the United States is attending the March for Life. I love it. Let me um, let me see. Bill Hammer can... reports are very exciting. No. Oh, okay. I think President Trump, is he going to speak right now? Hold on, folks. Let me see if the president, I want to dip into this, if President Trump is going to speak at the March for Life uh, in Washington. Um, but how great is that to have where the president is speaking out? Hi there, Johnny Hockey. That's right. Hold on, let me see if this is uh, President. Here we go. The March for Life. That's right. Hear that, Raimundo? Hear that, Cicely? We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. For 47 years, Americans of all backgrounds have traveled from across the country to stand for life. And today, as President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. I want to welcome tens of thousands. This is a tremendous turnout. Tens of thousands of high school and college students who took long bus rides to be here in our nation's capital. And to make you feel even better, there are tens of thousands of people outside that we passed on the way in. If anybody would like to give up their spot, we could work that out. You have a tremendous group of people outside, thousands and thousands wanted to get in. This is some great success. 
Young people are the heart of the March for Life. And it's your generation that is making America the pro-family, pro-life nation. Right. That's exactly right, folks. The life movement is led by strong women, amazing faith leaders, and brave students who carry on the legacy of pioneers before us who fought to raise the conscience of our nation and uphold the rights of our citizens. You embrace mothers with care and compassion. You are powered by prayer and motivated by pure, unselfish love. You're grateful, and we are so grateful, these are incredible people, to be joined by Secretary Alex Azar and Kellyanne Conway. Thank you. And thanks also to Senators Mike Lee and James Lankford, who are here. James, Mike. Thank you, fellas. And Representatives Steve Scalise, Chris Smith, Ralph Abraham, Warren Davidson, Bob Latta, John Joyce, Lloyd Smucker, Brian Fitzpatrick, and Brad Winstrup. Thank you all. And I have to say, and I look at it, and I see it exactly. We have many, many more politicians in the audience, but if you don't mind, I won't introduce them all. All of us here today understand an eternal truth. Every child is a precious and sacred gift from God. Let's go. Uh, Together, hold on, we... we'll go to the phones. President Trump, though, speaking at the uh, the March for Life. Boy, just tremendous. Good afternoon. You're next on the John DePietro Show. Hello. Good afternoon, John. Hi there. Go right ahead. Hold on. I want to. Uh, I want to hear the uh, the president of again. God's creation. When we hold a newborn in our arms, we know the endless love that each child brings to a family. When we watch a child grow, we see the splendor that radiates from each human soul. One life changes the world from my family, and I can tell you I send love, and I send great, great love. And from the first day in office, I've taken a historic action to support America's families and to protect the unborn. And during my first week in office, I reinstated and expanded the Mexico City policy, and we issued a landmark pro-life rule to govern the use of Title X taxpayer funding. I notified Congress that I would veto any legislation that weakens pro-life policies or that encourages the destruction of human life. At the United Nations, I made clear that global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life. Unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the White House. And as the Bible tells us, each person is 
wonderfully made. We have taken decisive action to protect the religious liberty. So important, religious liberty has been under attack all over the world and frankly, very strongly attacked in our nation. You see it better than anyone, but we are stopping it. And we're taking care of doctors, nurses, teachers, and groups like the Little Sisters of the Poor. We are preserving faith-based adoption. And to uphold our founding documents, we have confirmed 187 federal judges who apply the Constitution as written including two phenomenal Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. We are protecting pro-life students' right to free speech on college campuses. And if universities want federal taxpayer dollars, then they must uphold your First Amendment right to speak your mind, and if they don't, they pay a very big financial penalty, which they will not be willing to pay. First president to ever Sadly, speak at the, the March for Life rally. First president ever to speak in person at the March for Life rally. Shut down faith-based charities, ban religious believers from the public square, and silence Americans who believe in the sanctity of life. They are coming after me because I am fighting for you and we are fighting for those who have no voice and we will win because we know how to win. We all know how to win. We all know how to win. You've been winning for a long time. You've been winning for a long time. Together we are the voice for the voiceless. When it comes to abortion, Democrats, is a, and you know this, you've seen what's happened, Democrats have embraced the most radical and extreme positions taken and seen in this country for years and decades, and you could even say for centuries. Nearly every top Democrat in Congress now supports taxpayer-funded abortion all the way up until the moment of birth. Last year, lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb right up until delivery. Then we had the case of the Democrat governor in the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And we love the Commonwealth of Virginia, but what is going on in Virginia? What is going on? The governor stated that he would execute a baby after birth. You remember that. Senate Democrats even blocked legislation that would give medical care to babies who survive attempted abortions. And that's why I've called on Congress, two of our great senators here, so many of our congressmen here, 
and called upon them to defend the dignity of life and to pass legislation prohibiting late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in their mother's womb. This year, the March for Life is celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which forever enshrined women's rights to vote in the United States and given by the United States Constitution. Such a big event. Today, millions of extraordinary women across America are using the power of their votes to fight for the right and all of their rights as given in the Declaration of Independence. It's the right to life. To all the women here today, your devotion and your leadership uplifts our entire nation, and we thank you for that. The tens of thousands of Americans gathered today not only stand for life, it's really here that they stand for it so proudly together, and I want to thank everybody for that. You stand for life each and every day. You provide housing, education, jobs, and medical care to the women that you serve. You find loving families for children in need of a forever home. You host baby showers for expecting moms. You make, you just make it your life's mission to help spread God's grace. And to all of the moms here today, we celebrate you and we declare that mothers are heroes. Your strength, devotion, and drive is what powers our nation. And because of you, our country has been blessed with amazing souls who have changed the course of human history. We cannot know what our citizens yet unborn will achieve. The dreams they will imagine, the masterpieces they will create, the discoveries they will make. But we know this, every life brings love into this world. Every child brings joy to a family. Every person is worth protecting. And above all, we know that every human soul is divine and every human life, born and unborn, is made in the holy image of Almighty God. President Trump speaking at the March for Life rally. Together we will defend this truth all across our magnificent land. Thousands of there. We will set free the dreams of our people. And with determined hope, we look forward to all of the blessings that will come from the beauty, talent, purpose, nobility, and grace of every American child. I want to thank you. This is a very special moment. It's so great to represent you. I love you all. And and I say with true passion, thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all. Thank so you. There it is, President Trump. What a magnificent speech. Good afternoon, one and all. Here I am. It's Juan. Hello, Christine. Wasn't that fantastic? Folks, first, that is the March for Life. This is the rally in Washington. The March for Life. And I want to say again, good afternoon to everybody on uh, Facebook Live. Um, 
This is the rally. If you remember last year, those Covington kids, right, were minding their own business. And those instigators in the media portrayed that they surrounded that Native American guy that was trying to instigate a fight with them with playing the drum and everything else. But this is, um, this is so tremendous that he is there in person. He is with them. And again, good afternoon, one and all. Here I am. It's John DePietro. We're going to talk to Liz Harrington, who is just fantastic, coming up at 1 o'clock, spokesperson for the Republican Party. This is, um, look at what is going on right now. And again, I want to say good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. Phone lines are open, 401-766-1380. But folks, this is a time, Bernie Sanders is, there's a poll out, Bernie Sanders is rocketing right now. Well, Elizabeth Warren, the campaign is imploding right now. New poll that came out last night. And there's a lot of good things happening. But Bernie Sanders right now is absolutely on fire. Latest poll of Channel 7 has Biden. This is for New Hampshire. Biden at 30. Let me just make sure this is. Um, hold on. I want to read the whole, the whole thing now. But Biden is at 30. Sanders at 27. Elizabeth Warren at 13. Exclusive Emerson College poll. You know what? Uh, I'll play the sound of this because I want to make sure I get it right. I'll play this. Here we go. Why is this not playing? God, I hate when this thing type type of thing happens. Well, anyhow, with the first votes in Iowa, New Hampshire, just weeks away. Channel 7, new national poll shows the Democrat race no longer a cluster of candidates. The once crowded field is shrinking. Biden is at 30%. 30%. Sanders is at 27%. Elizabeth Warren is at 13 As much as, though, look at this. As much as her campaign is disintegrating, and it is, Focahontas, as much as Elizabeth Warren, who I can't stand, who is a, a liar. Hi there, Arthur. Focahontas there. Um, but her, you had her 13%, and the progressives have 40% to Biden. Now, Andrew Yang somehow is 8%. In the next group, New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg has 7%. Mayor Pete has 6%. Amy Klobuchar has 4%. And then the rest are less than 2%. But hear me out. Against Biden, against Sanders, Biden is at 53%. Sanders is at 24 This is the good news. And the good news is that there's no way the Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren crowd is going to go along with Team Biden and or Mike Bloomberg. And as much as Mike Bloomberg says, you know, he'll put up all this money to try to help the Democrat Party, right? All... Warren and all Bernie Sanders, all they do is rail against the quote, the billionaires, right? Vilify the rich, the successful. Those two parties, they're not joining. The Bernie Sanders people, they are bitter. They can't be negotiated with. You can't talk to them. All three, that's exactly right, Mary. They are. But, but just think about that. Now, I don't think Biden goes anywhere. I don't think he's up for it. But the fact that Bernie Sanders is still doing very well in Iowa, this race is going to come down to Sanders against Biden. And look what happened when it's Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. And he's stronger this time. 
the Bernie people, they're never Biden people. They're not going along. This is great news for President Trump. On the local front, you know, Blake Filippi, something very, very significant happened yesterday. And that is the House Minority Leader you heard, Blake Filippi. He became the new leader of the Republican Party yesterday. The baton has been passed. The leader of the Republican Party had been Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, right? He's the highest elected Republican. He's term limited out, though. Mayor Fung is out of office in November. Twice was the nominee for governor. I believe in the godfather model that power cannot be given. It must be taken. So yesterday, Blake Filippi, by him standing up to Speaker Mattiello, he basically effectively took over the party. Blake Filippi, and he's, again, I, I firmly believe that. He has loyalty. He has people united behind him. And the, the combination of Blake Filippi, Rep Filippi, and the combination of that and Brandon Bell are huge. And Mattiello, you know, they're so out of control and so filled with greed that they're, this, this, this could really be a turning point. Now, Liz Harrington, the Republican Party, is going to join me coming up at 1 o'clock. Folks, 766-1380, 401-766-1380. You can email me, john at dipetro.com, john at dipetro.com. Folks, I want to remind you about Henry Oil. Call Henry Oil today at 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, since 1947, serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. It's Henry Oil. They have... Burner contracts, lock and cap pricing, automatic delivery, budget plans, oil burner service and installation, 24-hour burner service for contracted regular customers, fuel oil. Call Henry Oil today. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery. Call Henry Oil today, 521-0200, 521-0200 for Henry Oil. It's John DePietro. Now, we have a lot more ahead. Again, Liz Harrington, the Republican Party, is going to join me coming up at 1 o'clock, 766-1380. A lot more ahead on the John DePietro Show. I'm on the road and my ride is going strong. At Paul Massey Chevrolet, you get the lowest price guaranteed every day with Rhode Island's only true one price on our exciting lineup of Chevrolets. Paul Massey's one price plus true car equals our best price, guaranteed. And it's only at Paul Massey, Rhode Island's number one Chevrolet dealer. Lease a 2020 Equinox LS front-wheel drive for only $179 a month for 39 months with $29.88 due at signing. My Paul Massey, my Paul Massey ride. Paul Massey Buick GMC South is New England's number one Buick dealer and Rhode Island's number one GMC dealer. Get the lowest price anywhere. Paul Massey's one price plus true car equals our best price. Guaranteed. Lease a 2020 Terrain SLE front-wheel drive for only $198 a month for 39 months with $24.88 due at signing. My Paul Massey ride. Great selection, top-notch service, and the lowest one price. Only at Paul Massey. Well, folks, remember, remember what we say. If your appliance is dying, look at that nice big sign that Frank Ritchie just brought. Isn't that terrific? Let's see some thumbs up on Facebook Live. I think I'm going to keep this right here in the studio. How about that? Thank you very much to Frank Ritchie. Terrific. Thank you, Frank. Just fantastic. Look at that. Look how awesome that is. Isn't that great? Thank you, Greg. Isn't that great? Thank you to Frank Ritchie. Very nice. He just dropped them off. 
Folks, I want to remind you, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today. How awesome. You know what else? And this is, so he did it, um, whatever you call it, inverted, so then it does show because of the way the, uh, the camera is. I love that. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today at 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. If you're having a problem with one of your appliances, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Folks, call them today. Look at that. Should I just keep, let's see a thumbs up. Isn't that beautiful, Christine? Frank Ritchie, nice enough to just drop some off. 401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. If you're having a problem with your, whatever it is, your uh, dishwasher, any type of appliance, call Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. I like to tell the story that, look at all the thumbs up on FB Live. Love it, says Estelle. I need one, says Greg. Um, but And then uh, Frank will get me information on, uh, Frank, I know you're listening. Just send me information on how people can get them. He tried to tell me, but it was just so rushed during the, the course of the commercial break. But Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I've told the story. We had a problem with the microwave. I went to make um, microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the, uh, oh, look at that. Good. Um, and it uh, gave out the um, microwave oven. I tried to make uh microwave popcorn it wouldn't work did i panic no did i try to fix it don't be ridiculous no i called ryan's appliance repair at 401-710-7096 saturday appointments are available all work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor folks ryan's appliance repair 401-710-7096 401-710-7096 ryan's appliance repair do you own and operate a small business and you rely on communicating with your employees while they're out in the field well, if you do, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data. With no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal with T-Mobile for Business, 401-332-0000. Ma, when are we getting the heat back? As soon as... Local propane company. Delivers. Last time that took three days. At least it's not as cold as inside. I'm propane man and I got a plan. I'm going to help you with your gas. If your service is lame, we don't play that game. We're going to be there in a flash. If your heat is out, just give us a shot with a company you can trust. Brittling makes it never keep it a green. You can always count on us. Propane Plus. Propane Plus. Call Propane Plus today. Call Tim Johnson and his family. Two locations. One in Rehoboth, one in East Greenwich. It's Propane Plus. Call them today. Propane Plus. 885-4209. 885-4209 for Propane Plus. See that, Pork Boy? See what that says? You're going to lose, Pork Boy. Propane Plus. Tim Johnson and his family, they'll handle all your propane needs. Again, two locations. Become a customer of Propane Plus. East Greenwich, Rehoboth. 
whether it's uh, underground tanks, full service. They can put a tank probably about the size of a phone booth, excuse me, into your backyard. Hi there, Paul Long. Call Propane Plus today. Automatic delivery, extensive selection of tanks, all propane appliances, satellite tank monitoring, discounts for builders, installation and service for heaters, generators, water heaters, pool heaters, fireplaces, boilers and furnace. Folks, call Propane Plus today, 885-4209, 885-4209, Propane Plus, become a customer. You'll love it. Tim Johnson and Propane Plus. You are listening to The John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. How beautiful that sign looks. Everybody on Facebook Live can see it. Isn't that great? That's exactly right. It's an inverted sign. That's what it is. Inverted. Trump 2020. Make liberals cry again. You know, folks, you can always email me, john at depetro.com, john at depetro.com. I received an email. Uh, let's see. This is from Kenny. Uh, Dear Juan, love the program. Listen each day. Yesterday, I got in the car. I was flipping around. And just so you know, Dan Pork down the dial was taking shots at you saying he can't wait for you and your Trump supporter friends to watch President Trump lose in Rhode Island. And he started laughing, saying that the president should be impeached. He said he was speaking with Congressman Cicilline, and they can't wait to hear you and your Trump supporter listeners the day after the election when Trump lose Rhode Island. Dan Pork on W. But well, let me let me say this about that. Um, this business that what they, he and Cicilline Pork Boy can't. I thank you very much, Frank. Hey, Frank, type out how people can get them. I apologize. It was uh, it was very rushed. Uh, during the break. I apologize, Frank. Frank uh, Richie, so generous. And Frank, the inverted sign, you're a genius for that. Uh, I love the fact that we have the inverted sign. You know, let me, let me say this. So, so Dan Pork, apparently, according to Kenny, who's uh, emailed me, and you can email me, john at com, is saying they can't, Cicilline were talking, and they can't wait until the day after the election and uh, President Trump loses Rhode Island. Listen, I, I, I'm ready to concede that now. Like, what are you talking about? Is he that much of an idiot? He can't wait. I, I, I'm not saying the president's going to win. He is the man. That's exactly right, Ryan. He, he's going to win the national election. He's going to lose Rhode Island. Yeah, we know that. What are you kidding me? I'm not counting on that. Folks, those of you who listen, I mean, I, is he that much of an idiot, pork boy? Is, is all that fat in the brain? Well, I can't wait. DePietro and his listeners are going to be crying when Trump loses Rhode Island. I, I'm already willing to accept that. But the good news is he's going to win nationwide. You know, this is someone palling around with Cicilline, trying to curry favor with the den of thieves at the state house. The ROGP in Warwick has the signs. Oh, okay, good. They're also having a Trump sign up. Good. All right, so the GOP headquarters, that and Frank, I believe that is in right in um, Bald- the uh, airport plaza, airport plaza. He is Frank. Can you imagine? He and Cicilline are going to be laughing because Trump is going to lose Rhode Island. Well, we, we, you know, there's nothing, we're fighting against that. And if the vote, let me, let me just say this. And again, Dan York can make fun of you all. Oh, oh the Trump idiot losers. And, and, number one, ratings have never been lower. That's right, Airport Plaza, Frank. Ratings have never been loser for, lower for Pork Boy. They are single-handedly allowing that fathead to destroy what was once a great radio station. That's number one. Number two, you know. This business that you can't take a side and everybody's right and let's be the CNN vanilla. Like, who, who follows that other than those idiots following that? But for him to say, oh, Trump's going to lose. First of all, 
In this last election, in 2016, President Trump, the last time a Republican did that well in Rhode Island, was 1998. 1998, and that was with President Bush, 41. The fact is, President Trump, if we had had a fear election, he actually did better in Rhode Island than President Bush did in 1988. Listen, we recognize, and many of you recognize, whether it's Rhode Island or Mass, right? We recognize that he is most likely not going to win here because especially in Rhode Island, where you have the ballots are invalid, right? Ramundo, Nelly Gorbia. It's, it's, it's a rigged game, the way the ballots are. That's why we need to take hold of that Secretary of State's office. The Trump people wanted an audit of the Rhode Island voting system because they know of the fraudulent voting. In, in, in uh, Massachusetts, many of the people, they vote illegally in New Hampshire because New Hampshire is actually in play. So this business that Dan Pork and Cicilline are laughing and mocking. Listen, I support the president. I don't care. I am never supporting Bernie Sanders. Never. I would vote today. Am I following and watching the impeachment? You know, I'm actually not because it's all biased. I'll say, you know, I despise Cicilline. I do. And Sheldon Whitehouse, they don't speak for me. I'll tell you that much. They certainly don't speak for me. So he can cuddle up with them and cozy up with them laughing at the Trump people. You know, the nerve. He's going to lose Rhode Island. Yeah, I know that. The Trump people know that. That's why they won't even bother to come here for a rally. But if we had a real legitimate vote, if the vote was legitimate in Rhode Island and we didn't have all the illegals voting in Providence Central Falls, I believe, I believe President Trump could actually win Rhode Island. And can you imagine then the joy of having him at the Dunkin' Donuts Center for a big rally? But because of people like Pork that cover for all of them, because of that, they allow the corruption to continue. Liz Harrington's going to join me. Start off next hour. You don't want to miss it. Folks, the power hour is next. It's John DePietro. 766-1380. We're going to quickly break, get an update with the 1 o'clock news. Stay with me. A lot more ahead. The power hour is next right here on the John DePietro Show. W236CW, W260DC. W-2-3-6-C-W, W-2-3-6-C-W, W-2-3-6-C-W.